Thanks, Matt. Hi, everyone. I'm Sam, one of the staff team here, and it's great to see you all. This evening, we're going to be thinking a bit about faith. The Bible often describes life as a journey, and if life's a journey, then walking is a picture of daily life, living day by day. And we're going to be looking at walking, living, journeying day by day by faith. What does it mean to live by faith and not by sight? Is that faith necessarily blind? Well, if you're a Christian here this evening, then the idea of faith won't be new to you. But I'd love it if you go from here encouraged, strengthened, to keep on walking by faith, not trudging day to day, but walking with a spring in your step. And if you're interested in Jesus, but haven't come to a place of committing to him, then I'd be thrilled if this whole idea of faith just feels a bit more tangible, a bit more doable for you by the end of our time together tonight. On Tuesday evening at Connect Central, the group I was in where we were looking at Luke chapter 1, getting ready for Christmas by looking at what the different Gospels say, kind of as they introduce us to Jesus and um, the characters around him. And one of our group commented as we looked at Mary's visit to Elizabeth and the birth of John the Baptist. They commented on the faith that John the Baptist's father, Zechariah, had in the moment where everyone thought that he would name his son after himself. Apparently that was the thing to do back then. And he said, or rather he wrote, because uh, he was mute at the time, he wrote, his name is John. And this, uh, this friend was like, that, the faith there, what, how, do we, how do we have that faith? How do we live um, with that sort of faith? Well, faith means trust. God had a plan in that story for Elizabeth and Zechariah and their son, John. God had a plan for Mary and Joseph and their baby, Jesus. Zechariah trusted God with his son, and so did Mary. They trusted God. They embraced God's purposes for their lives. So how do we walk by faith? What does it look like to live by faith? How do we embrace God's purposes for our lives? Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, you are the almighty God. We love you and we thank you that you love us and that you revealed yourself to us in the person of Jesus by your Holy Spirit. As we spend time in your word together, please would you help us, encourage us, inspire us to live by faith and embrace your purposes for our lives this evening. Amen. Tonight we're going to be looking at one of my favourite passages, Hebrews 11. The NIV gives it this subtitle, Faith in Action. And we're going to be looking at how faith is defined, what it looks like, and what it leads to. We're going to see that faith isn't passive, isn't merely intellectual, is far from boring, but in fact is all demanding, bold, courageous. Let's read it. If you've got a a Bible or your, your phone, or indeed on the screen, Hebrews 11, 1 to 16. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. 
By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. By faith, Enoch was taken from this life so that he did not experience death. He could not be found because God had taken him away. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. By faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. By faith, he made his home in the promised land, like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. All these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance, admitting that they were foreigners and strangers on earth. People who say such things show that they are looking for a country of their own. If they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. Instead, they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. And I'd love to go on and read the rest of Hebrews 11 and uh, into chapter 12, but um, we'll have to leave that for another time. What is faith? Well, we could have a fantastic philosophical discussion, but verse 1 gives us this definition. Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. But I think it's fascinating that the, the writer to the Hebrews doesn't then sort of spend the chapter kind of discussing, uh, exploring, explaining what faith is so much as what faith does or indeed what it enables us to do. We're told faith is what the ancients were commended for. I mean, that sounds pretty cool, right? I mean, who doesn't like to be commended? You know, if you pass something with commendation, you know, you sort of brush the dust off your shoulders, you're pretty chuffed, aren't you? Then he goes on, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. And from this point on, faith is described really as instrumental. It's the tool that allows us to step into God's plans, God's purposes for our lives. The way it's described, faith isn't just a nice, optional, extra, little 
lapel badge. Rather, it's to us what Aragorn's sword is to him in the Lord of the Rings trilogy, or Gimli's axe or Legolas' bow. It's what enables us to be truly the people of God, the people he made us to be, and to step into all that he has for us. And through this chapter, as we've had a glimpse of, we're given this sort of quick survey of the Old Testament, the Old Testament heroes, a hall of fame, or indeed a hall of faith. And it starts with this sort of kind of faith 101. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. We're taken back to Genesis 1, where it all starts. And we're invited, as we are when we sit down to play a board game, we're invited to put our meeple on the board. We don't know where it's going to go necessarily, how many points we're going to score with our shepherd lying in the field. But we're invited to get involved. We're invited to opt in. And it starts with this point that everything we know, everything we can see and smell and taste and touch, everything around us has been made out of nothing. We're invited to opt in, to put our faith in a universe-creating God. We're invited to trust him. Faith is the opposite to worry, to fear, to lack of assurance. If you've ever said the creed, um, as, you, as you might have done, it isn't, you'll notice, full of maybes. We don't maybe believe in the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We don't maybe believe in the resurrection. We do believe in all those things. And wouldn't we love to see ourselves one day in the company of this hall of faith? Our faith as Christians is based on the witness of others. We've inherited this book, the scriptures, Old Testament and New. And they speak of a God who not only made the world, but loved it so much that he came himself to redeem humanity. We weren't there ourselves to witness the events spoken of, but they're here written down for us. And by faith, we believe them and become confident in them. So that's the first question. What is faith? Our second question, what does faith look like? Well, we're going to focus particularly on Abraham and Sarah. Faith looks like trusting and obeying God. It looks like being willing to start the journey, even when you don't know the exact route that God has in mind. So looking at Abraham and Sarah, by faith, Abraham, when called to go to a place he would later receive as his inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. It strikes me that when we go on a car journey these days, we often sort of put the destination into Google Maps or Waze or whichever um, app you like and you sort of look at the destination and you sort of perhaps have a glance at the route just to check, you know, you're on a good one. But that's, that's not how it works when God calls us, when we journey with him. By faith, Abraham obeyed and went, even though he didn't know where he was going. He trusted God and obeyed that call. 
and Sarah likewise gets a shout out. Though it was biologically impossible, she was enabled to conceive because she considered him faithful who'd made the promise. She displayed faith because she knew that the one making that extraordinary promise was full of faith towards her. I love the reference to, to sort of camping. Faith looks like enjoying camping for now, knowing that we can look forward to the lasting, eternal, unshakable city whose architect and builder is God. There have been many times in my life when I've displayed tendencies towards perfectionism, or maybe it's just indecision. During my undergrad degree, there were numerous times when, you know, late at night, uh, I'd be tackling a problem sheet and I would be sort of reluctant to put pen to paper because I wasn't quite sure how I'd get from A to B. You know, given sort of a, a starting point and an end point, um, I was doing chemistry. So organic chemistry, you'd be given sort of a molecule here um, and an acid or base and kind of a finishing product there. And you had to give the reaction mechanism, which, um, you know, if, if it's been a while since you did A-level chemistry, it just involves kind of zigzags and, uh, and curly arrows. So, you know, you could have a stab pretty easily. Um, but I'd be reluctant to start out if I couldn't kind of in my mind's eye see exactly how it was going to pan through. But I learnt, you know, over that time that, that really the thing to do is just have, have a go at that first step. Do the bit, you know, you can do. Have a go at what you can. And maybe it'll become clearer on the way. Maybe your memory will be jogged. Um, or you'll, you know, you'll figure it out along the way. And that's a trivial example, but the same, I think, applies to basically every area of life. And the bigger the problem, the question, the decision, the greater the need for that faith to take that first step, or that second step, or that third step. Take those decisions of where to go to university, where to live, which jobs to apply for, to take what to buy, when to buy, whether to marry, who to marry. Only God knows the end from the beginning. There's no way we can see how tomorrow will pan out, never mind several years of a university course or a friendship over a lifetime. But God does know how it will pan out. He does know the end from the beginning. He has good things for us and works all things together for the good of those who love him, as Matt reminded us. Faith means trust. And the word kind of for believing in Jesus that's sort of used in the New Testament isn't sort of just an intellectual assent to who he is, but it's a kind of a putting your weight on sort of trust, a believing on and you've probably all done trust exercises at one point or another as part of a sort of team, team building day uh, or just for fun with friends. Like that one where you know, you're in pairs and uh, you just have to sort of fall backwards and trust as you go kind of past the point of no return that you know, your friend's going to be there with strong arms to catch you. Or one of those glass walkways that's really high up. Have you ever come across that sort of a uh, you know, bridge across a canyon or... Um, I grew up just along the coast from Blackpool, famous, of course, for Blackpool Tower, 
which has a glass panel uh, you know, 115 meters above c- street level. And it's literally called the walk of faith. Would you trust the glass? Would you jump out, jump on it, do a little, do a little tap dance? Or would you kind of, you know, watch other people do it, skirt around it? Or have you ever done clip and climb? That, um, you know, when you're climbing and you've got a harness on and there's the auto belay sort of attached to the wall, you attach it to your harness, off you go, merrily up the wall, not thinking twice about it, until you get to the top when you're implicitly invited to lean back, let go, fall off, and let the auto belay catch you. But will it? Well, there's not really any way to know, is there, until you've given it your weight. And I think all of us have a tendency to sort of skirt around that walk of faith. All of us have a tendency to hold on as tired as we are and as sweaty as our hands are getting until we have to let go and trust. Do you trust God enough to put your weight on him? Abraham and Sarah trusted God. They believed he had good things in store, even though his promise looked impossible. What is God calling you to at the moment in this season? Is it to put your trust in him for the first time? To put your weight on him and live for him? Where are you up to in your journey with him? Where are you aware of God calling you to trust him today? Is it with your finances, committing to tithing, say, and trusting that God will provide? Is it how you use your time, your work time, your free time? Faith looks like trusting God and obeying him. And that involves a certain amount of listening to him, listening for his call as we read the Bible, as we make time for prayer. And as well, it involves a healthy dose, I think, of just getting on with it. So that's our second, second point, second question. And the third and final question is this, where does faith lead? Faith's final destination is God's city. Faith's final destination is God's city. However, as we read this passage, we see that it's not a sort of direct um, passage for most of us. With the exception of Enoch, faith leads us to that city via longing and death. Sadly, faith isn't a ticket to skip death. The writer says all these people were still living by faith when they died. However, because Jesus took sin, our sin, upon himself, embraced death on our behalf, Faith does provide a ticket through death, beyond death. You know, when you have a train ticket, and this is, you know, an old school illustration, there's lots like little orange ones. Um, I know we all sort of tap and be contactless these days. But you've got your little, you know, train ticket, you've printed it out. And uh, sometimes on your journey, there's a, there's a barrier involved. Um, you come to the barrier, you know, you've got this sort of gate, pop your ticket in. And if that's your destination, it knows, and you go through, and that's it, your ticket, gone, swallowed up. 
But, and there is that moment where you're not quite sure what's going to happen. If you're just passing through, changing trains, then out your ticket pops on the other side. Well, faith is like that ticket when you're changing trains. We go through death, but out pops our ticket on the other side. We can't avoid death, but it's not our final destination. Faith leads to the city of God via death and longing. There is a heavenly country in which God has prepared a city for those longing for it, for him. And God is not ashamed to be called the God of those who long for him and his city. He has prepared a city for them. We're told it's, um, they didn't receive the things promised, they only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. It's a bit like that for us, except that King Jesus who we've been singing about and worshipping. King Jesus came, declaring that the kingdom of God was at hand. The kingdom is breaking in day by day. In the call to follow Jesus, we're invited to look to him, to look forward to his kingdom, to invest in his city. We're called to press on and look forward to a city that is ours, not to where we've come from. I don't know about you, but um, it can be easy to look back, especially when God seems to be calling us forward. Maybe you can think of uh, you know, a time in your life where there was a big decision and you know, maybe you've been pushing for one thing and then you got cold feet and, and wondered what, what, which was the way to go. Well, I had a story, a time a bit like that, um, a few years ago, back in 2017, 18, I was going through the Church of England's discernment process, and it was a roller coaster, ups and downs, fast bits, slow bits. In the Lord's kindness, I was recommended to train for ministry. And at that point, it felt like the ball was back in my court. I started to wonder whether to go to theological college straight away, as I'd been sort of planning on if I, was, if I got through or whether to defer a year or two, get some real world experience, save up a bit, earn a bit of street cred along the way. Well, I'd heard on the Thursday evening and it came to a head that Monday afternoon following when I realized uh, that I, I really did have to make a decision and needed to sort of put everything else on hold until I had. And as I prayed about the decision, asked for wisdom from the Lord, I was drawn to this passage, Hebrews 11, which I'd been looking at that term with the youth group. And verse 15 really spoke to me. It says, if they had been thinking of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity to return. It felt like God was saying, Sam, if you want to go back, if you want to turn around, you can. But I'm calling you this way, I'm calling you onwards. Will you trust me? Will you come? Will you go for it? And that was it for me, decision made. Of course I'd follow. I didn't know where the road would take me and I still don't. But I trusted God to lead me along it step by step. And here we are four years later and it's been a great adventure so far. So what are you wistfully looking back at? A relationship, a job, a living situation you enjoyed previously. What have been the crossroad moments? Or what's the crossroad moment you're at today? 
where is it you're wondering whether to go all in for God or whether to just hold a little bit back for yourself. We all know that you can't look forward and backwards at the same time. You'll probably walk into a lamppost. Either way, you need to make a decision, fix your eyes and go for it. And I'd encourage you to to look ahead, to long for that heavenly country. God will not be ashamed to be called our God, for he has prepared a city for us. As we come into land, these Old Testament heroes were commended for their faith. And we're invited, if we read on to Hebrews 12, to join them, to shrug off everything that holds us back, to throw off everything that slows us down, and to run into the purposes and plans that the Lord has for our lives. And if you're wondering what that will is, we were looking at 1 Thessalonians last week, and Paul says this, which I think is a great starting point for us. Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How about we start there and and go from there? God rarely, if ever, gives us the whole picture, the whole map in one go. And I think that's a mercy. More often than not, I think we'd be overwhelmed if he did. I would be. Instead, he invites us to take the journey one step at a time, one day at a time, and to trust that he is good, that he is faithful. So go for it. Take that next step, trusting in him. Let's not just walk by faith. Let's put a a spring in our step. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us and you lead us step by step, one day at a time as we journey with you. Thank you that you are good and you have good plans for us together with all your people. A heavenly city prepared for us. Amen.